Do you want to stay more focused on the right goals in your life or even just figure out what the right goals are for you? Do you want clarity? Do you want better work-life balance? Well, you're in the right place. Welcome to Success Through Failure. Welcome to the Success Through Failure podcast, the show that reveals failure as your path to success. You'll listen to intriguing interviews with some of the most successful people on the planet and learn how their failures became a launchpad for success and how yours can too. Here's your host, former Division I All-American wrestler, former Division I head coach, speaker, and personal coach, Jim Harshaw. Welcome to another episode of Success Through Failure. This is your host, Jim Harshaw, bringing you another solo episode. This is the second in a four-part series titled Defining Moments, Having the Courage to Face Fear, Take Action, Speak Up, and Move On. The first of this series was uh, episode 182. Now we're on 183. I'm going to have all four of these episodes posted at uh, at jimharshawjr.com slash defining moments. So jimharshawjr.com slash defining moments if you want to grab all four of these episodes. Whenever they're all published, they'll all be uh, accessible right there and uh, easy way to share them with somebody else too if you think uh, there's somebody else that, that may want to hear these. So um, uh, it's, I'm recording this in February and you may be listening to this in February. You may be listening to this in, in June or December or, or, or sometime in the future. And I'm thinking about you as I record this. I kind of always visualize, think, close my eyes and think about you and visualize you, the listener before I record this. And I, I think about you and where you're at. And, and my hope for you right now is that you have goals. You have clearly defined goals and a plan to achieve them. And one of my goals for that I'm working on right now for for 2019 is actually my my health goal. um, My my goal is to identify and achieve a new health goal every quarter for the year, right? And so my quarter one Q1 goal is to complete the MRF. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of the MRF, but any CrossFitters out there certainly have. But it's a workout where you run one mile, then you do 100 push, uh, let's see, 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, and 300 bodyweight air squats. And then you do another one-mile run. And you do this for time. And it's named the Murph after Lieutenant Michael P. Murphy. A, he was a Navy SEAL killed in action in 2005. And uh, this was his favorite workout, apparently. And um, so... I'm going to do the Murph on March Friday, March 29th. My F3 group here in Charlottesville does a Murph every uh, last Friday of every month. So anyway, I know a lot of the guys that that uh, are my clients um, are going to be joining me and doing the Murph, or at least a handful of guys uh, wherever they're at around the country. They're going to do the Murph on that same day too. So anyway, that's my goal. I'm busting out as many pull-ups as I can at home. I got a pull-up bar, so I'm just working on my pull-ups because that's uh, that's kind of a, a crux part there, right in the middle of the of the two mile one mile runs. But um, it's just so uh, it just feels good. It's so um, motivating to have those clear, clearly defined goals, and I hope you have those. I hope you have those for your relationships. I hope you have those in your health and wellness. I hope you have those in your career uh, and at work. So if you haven't taking the time to set those goals, make sure, make sure you do that. So it's, it's just a, a really, um, it's just one of those things that helps you live your life intentionally. You know that you're moving 
toward the life that you fully want to live. So take action and do that. I always encourage you that at the end of the podcast. So, um, but let's go back to defining moments, right? The, what are these define? What am I talking about with defining moments? These are moments that we all have in our lives. And sometimes you know when they're coming and sometimes you don't. Like I mentioned in the last episode, you know, my being an All-American, you know, that was something that I had planned for. I would knew it was coming, right? When I was wrestling, uh, getting married, right? Having kids, those sorts of things are things that you, you work toward, right? And sometimes you don't know when they're coming, right? I talked about, you know, episode 178 when I lost my, my brother-in-law, my sister's husband, um, that was just an absolute shock to us. And, you know, career change, sometimes that can be a surprise, right? Uh, negative or positive, you know, you get offered a job or you get fired right? or, or you get downsized. Um, or, you know, I think back to my life whenever, right after college, uh, I, I met a friend, made friends with him at UVA, and he invited me, he went to live in Guatemala, and, and I, he invited me down to come visit him, and uh, that ended up turning into a three-month adventure, backpacking adventure, solo backpacking adventure, and I'd met up with him for a few weeks of that adventure, but um, but some of these things, these are like defining moments, right? And sometimes you have to have the courage to face fear in these defining moments. Sometimes, sometimes you just have to take action and move forward, right? Sometimes you have to speak up for yourself. Or speak up for somebody else. Other times, you have to move on. You have to move on for that defining moment, right? So, this is the second part. So, we talked about facing fear, practical, tactical things, as well as strategy around facing fear in episode 182. Now, episode 183, we're talking about taking action. So, what does that mean, taking action? You know, when you think about these, these defining moments, a lot of times um, they come. Because we're stuck in a rut, right? Maybe you feel that way right now. Maybe you feel like you're stuck in a rut in one area of your life. Maybe it's in your career. Maybe it's in your health and your fitness or your wellness. Maybe it's in a relationship. Maybe you feel stuck. Maybe you need to overcome some self-doubt or some second guessing. Well, I want to tell you about a story where I had to take action and it created this amazing defining moment for me. Take you back about, oh uh, gosh, what was it, about five years ago? And there was a, I was at a big event, well, a few hundred, it was about 200, 250 people. And the president of the University of Virginia was speaking. And I raised my hand to, to make a comment, and I made that comment, but I realized that I was really, really nervous. And you could tell in my voice, like at least I thought I could, right? I, I felt like I, everybody in the room was going, man, why is this guy so nervous? He's just making a comment, right? And I was really nervous. My heart was pounding out of my chest. I said, why? That, that, that's a terrible thing like to have to be that nervous. And I know it's like the number one fear is the fear of public speaking. And, and I had that, right? And I still have that, I'll be honest. Um, and I get paid to speak. But I had this fear and, and so I said, gosh, I've got to do something about this. I need to become a better speaker because I stumbled in that arena. I need to improve here. So what did I do? I took action. I didn't know exactly what actions were the right actions, but I knew I had to do something. So I heard of this organization called Toastmasters. I signed up for Toastmasters and I started going once a month. That was my commitment. It was once a month because these, they met 
every week, but I just didn't have the the time or the the bandwidth to go once a week. I didn't, I should say, I didn't want to prioritize it that much and say no to other things. So I chose to go once a month. And so I started working on my speaking skills and I got better and I got better and I got better. And one morning I'm driving to work and again, this is how this one step, this, this, this first, this failure, right? This stumbling in, in when I made a comment, uh, in front of a large group and, and then taking action to sign up for Toastmasters. This is how this led to a defining moment. This simply taking action led to defining moment. So taking action to sign up for Toastmasters was the first one. The next time I took action was this. I'm driving to my office one day and I hear on the radio that there is a Charlottesville TEDx event and that the Charlottesville TEDx event is among the top 1% of largest TED events, TEDx events in the world. It's one of the largest on the planet. And you could apply to speak at this thing. I said, oh man, what an exciting opportunity. Uh, I've been practicing for this. Why don't I give it a shot? It's a long shot. I'm really still not very good of a speaker. So, but let me, let me give it a shot. So all you had to do is submit a, either a write-up or a two-minute video to apply, right? So it was one of those days where I had 20 hours of work to do on a 10-hour day. I just didn't have time. But I, I had a couple notes that I, I had scribbled down um, as soon as I parked my car. I pulled out a notebook, scribbled down a couple notes. Here's what I would talk about if I could, right? And it was about failure and the value of failure. And I went into my office and I worked all day. I'm like, I just don't have time to, to record that quick video. I, it's just something I'm going to have to pass by. And then it was, it, they were due, but the applications were due that day by 5 p.m. And it was like 4, 4.30. And I said, I've got to do this. I've got to put down my work and go take a couple minutes and actually hold my phone in front of me and do it. So I ran out to my car, held my phone in front of my face, recorded a quick two-minute video, submitted it. And then a week later, I get an email back. They said, Jim, 65 people applied. And... 25 of you have an opportunity to do, to basically go to the next level of application. And let me zoom out a little bit here. First, the Charlottesville TEDx event, they bring in speakers from all over the country and actually several international speakers. And basically they have one spot. It's a full day event and they have one spot held for this sort of community applicant position, which is what I was applying for. This one spot among all these amazing speakers. I mean, people who were like curing cancer and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And so I applied for this, right? So 65 people applied, 25 of us got chosen to do an open mic night, which is sort of the next level of tryout. Well, this open mic night was like in front of 500 people. It's called the Jefferson Theater, downtown Charlottesville. And we got four minutes, four minutes to do a little bit longer than that two minutes video, right? So I guess this is a couple weeks later, so I prep and I plan and I prepare and I practice at Toastmasters and I got some feedback and improved it and edited it and updated it. And then I stood up there, gave my four-minute talk, and I was chosen by the audience. I won. I got voted. I was chosen by the entire audience. I was the best speech of the night, and I was the guy going to the open mic night. And I'm sorry. I was the guy that got chosen from the open mic night to be the community speaker in the main event, which was a month later. Holy cow, right? Like I took action. I created these defining moments for myself. Now I have like, now I can go speak, do a TEDx event, do a TEDx talk. Like, holy cow, like what a defining moment. And this came from failure. It came from fear. And it came from 
taking action. First with Toastmasters, second with the application. Now here's the crux. I've got a month to prepare for this thing and they assigned me a speaking coach. And as soon as I win that night, I like went home and I wrote out my speech at length. I was like 15 minute TED, TEDx talk. I'm like so excited to do this. I practiced it a couple times. And then I met with my speaking coach a couple days later and she goes, oh no, 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 not 15 minutes. You get seven, seven minutes. I'm like, what are you talking about? I get, I get this whole thing planned and laid out. She said, no, we got to hone this thing down, Jim. Seven minutes. So bombed. And I'm so bombed, right? I'm like, man, I only get seven minutes. So I, I kept this thing down to seven minutes with her help. And this was the biggest blessing. You know, it's one of those things where you go, man, what a bummer. And then down the road, you look back at it, you go, gosh, that thing that I was so bummed about earlier turned into this amazing blessing. You don't see that in the moment. So I want you to, I want to encourage you that whatever that thing you're bummed about right now, that may be the, in, in some way, shape or form, the biggest blessing in your life. Okay. So I, I hone this thing down to seven minutes. Turns out a seven minute TEDx talk is, uh, is a little more palatable for somebody on the internet who, you know, has a short attention span. Uh, so that seven minute TED talks better than a 15 in a lot of ways. And in seven minutes, there's not a wasted word. You've got to really hone your message. And she helped me hone that message. And, and so this is all great, right? Everything's wonderful. Jim's on top of the world. He gets to go do this TEDx talk. Well, I, I, as soon as I won to that opportunity to, to, to do this, and as I was practicing that month, um, I was invited to give a talk in front of about 100 people. And they wanted to hear about my TEDx talk and my TEDx experience so far. And they wanted to hear my TEDx talk. And so I said, great, what a great opportunity for me to practice in front of a smaller crowd before, you know, a week and a half later, I have to do it in front of a larger crowd, larger audience. So I step up in front of this group. I have a complete meltdown. I actually, I, it was like, like a nervous breakdown in front of all these people. And I'm embarrassed to say this, um, but, but it's true. It's the truth. I, it was I, I totally lost my spot, lost my train of thought, completely lost it. And I, 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 I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do. I completely lost my place. Um, and my, my mind was just scrambled. And it was like a panic in front of all these people. And somehow I pulled it together enough to kind of finish it out. It was horrible and embarrassing and humbling and humiliating but I finished it and I got through it and I thought to myself, oh my goodness, how am I supposed to do this in front of a thousand people live streamed around the world in a week and a half, in 10 days? And I had no choice. I'd committed, right? There was no turning back. The boats were burned. I'd committed. They held the spot for me. I'm in, right? And I'd been working with a speech coach. I had all these people kind of counting on me and, um, so the day of comes, day of the TEDx talk comes, and I'm nervous as heck, right? And and this is like they do like makeup, they do the whole bit. Like it, it was, it was, it was, you know, it felt like showbiz. And the girl who spoke before me, actually two spots before me, she came down off the stage and she was like rattled and shaken, like holy cow, like like she had just seen a ghost. You know, and I'm like, oh my goodness, you know, I'm, and I'm getting more and more nervous as I'm going into this thing. And, and it was my turn. So I get mic'd up 
you know, finished makeup. They put a mic on me, wired up through me, up, up through my shirt and into my ear. And boom, it's, it's showtime. So I step on stage. I get introduced. The lights are in my eyes. I can barely see the audience out there. And there's my clock. Big clock. It's facing me and the audience can't see it, but that's my countdown clock. And it's a countdown, right, to, to get my, my talk done in this amount of time, this seven minutes, a lot of time. And I did it. I did it. I did my TEDx talk and it was terrifying and it shouldn't have been, but I had to pretty much memorize the whole thing because I didn't want to have a wasted word. And there are a couple moments, if you actually go and watch my TEDx talk, where, where I kind of repeat myself for just a couple of words. And those are moments where I had this anxiety build up, build up, build up inside of me. And I almost had that breakdown moment again, but, but I got through it. But I, I had practiced it probably... I don't know, close to 75 or a hundred times. I really had just repeated this thing so I could repeat this thing in my sleep. I can probably still do it right now if you asked me to, but I did it, but I did it. And it was a defining moment in my life. I gave a TEDx talk and how did that happen? It happened from fear. It happened from failure and it happened from taking action. I just took action. Now, when I signed up for Toastmasters, did I know that I was going to do a TEDx talk? No, of course not. You don't have to see the whole way down the trail. You don't have to see the whole way down the path. You can drive from New York City to Los Angeles in the dark at night, only seeing one or 200 feet in front of you with your headlights. You don't have to see the whole way there. You've just got to see the next step. And when you take that next step, guess what happens? You start seeing options. You can see further down the trail. You can see there's a path to the right, there's a path to the left, or I can keep going straight. And that's what I did. I took action. I stepped one step down the path, signed up for Toastmasters. I took another couple steps down the path. I started going every month. And then guess what? I saw an opportunity because I stepped down that path and I heard about this TEDx event. I said, ah, there's an opportunity. Guess what? I wouldn't have seen or been prepared for this opportunity had I not taken those first five steps. And so you have to take action. You have to move forward despite your fear or because of your fear in a lot of cases. Lesser people have done what you want to do. What's the worst that can happen? Think about that. What's, what's the worst that can happen if I just take that first step? You know, I referred to Tim Ferriss's fear setting exercise, right? Think about it. What's the worst that can happen if you take that first step or second or third step, you know? And I, I also said you may have other people to factor in other than just your fears, right? I mean, you have a family or your job or your, your, um, you know, your health and your wellness. What are, there may be other things that factor into this, right? But take that first step. Identify those clear action items. Listen, I know what you're saying right now. You're saying, Jim, I don't know what that next step is. I don't know what the clear action item is. Yes, you do. You know that first step. That first one, that very first small step. And if you don't, I'm going to give it to you right here. Are you ready? Go talk to somebody who's done what you want to do. That's your first step. It's a conversation. It's a conversation. You know, I just connected with a friend, former wrestling teammate from UVA, Connected with him last week, he was in Charlottesville at the Federal Executive Institute, and I got to actually take a tour of this place. And the Federal Executive Institute is a federal government-funded 
Institute where it's basically, it's an old, it's called the old uh, Jefferson Hotel. They bought it like decades and decades ago. And basically it's just for personal and professional development. I mean, you get that. He was there for a 30 day, 30 days, 30 days. And the first thing they did was they, he, they got blood work done and they were going to test their, their blood and and for, for, you know, what kind of markers they have in their blood and help them optimize their diet and their nutrition and, you know, identify anything that, that they can through the blood work. And then they just go through like all these leadership exercises, these personal development exercises, these professional development exercises, pretty amazing. But anyway, it's a 30 day, 30 day productive pause. But anyway, one thing that he pointed out to me, and this guy had, he's got degree after degree after degree. He got uh, an undergrad degree from UVA, two degrees from University of Michigan, got a PhD, and got his MBA. And and so he's a guy I just respect the heck out of him. But he said, there's the sort of flashlight in the lighthouse, right? The flashlight is so that you can see at your feet, right? The, in, and usually that's what most people are doing. They're only using their flashlight. But you also have to have the lighthouse, right? What's What am I working toward? What What is the long-term goal here, right? So you need that lighthouse, but you also need the flashlight. You need both. You need to look up and see the lighthouse to see where you're going in the future, but you also need your flashlight to see the next step. So identify what is that next step for you. A couple of examples of, uh, of, of people who I've interviewed in, on my podcast who, who really exemplified this and demonstrated this and actually showed us how to take action. One is John Gordon. John Gordon, you may have read some of his books. He's got tons of Wall Street best-selling books, and he's pretty popular. But uh, John Gordon, episode 117. But whenever he quit his job and started becoming a speaker and an author, he would he when like some of his first books that he wrote, he would go to do like book signings and book promotions, and nobody would show up. Like nobody, like nobody. And he said he actually talked about one. He talked about this in the podcast where I think it was in Iowa. He said he had like 20 people show up, which is a kind of a good turnout for him. He was pretty excited. But it turns out all those people thought it was Jeff Gordon, the NASCAR racer, NASCAR driver. <laughs> so he just talked about taking action, you know, despite failure, despite setbacks, he had to put one foot in front of another. And guess what? John Gordon then wasn't the John Gordon that we know now. John Gordon's a... I mean, if you haven't heard of him, he, he's a pretty big name on the, on the speaker circuit in terms of some of the amazing book that, books that he's written. But John Gordon wasn't John Gordon. He made himself. He willed himself John Gordon. He took action. I'll give you another one. There was another guy who, who I connected with. I just really loved this interview. Uh, it was with Mike Chandler, UFC. Um, uh, I think he's fighting for Bellator actually now. But... Um, Mike Chandler, episode 99, he talked about the self-doubt that he had. He and I were both All-Americans in college and just had a really parallel path, blue-collar backgrounds. And Mike was just was riddled with doubt. And now here he is. He's, he's one of the best on the planet at what he does. But he had to take action. He had to move forward. He had to face his fears. It all comes from taking action, though. Taking action. If you're not, If you're really not sure... What action to take? Let me recommend you another podcast episode. Stanford has one of the best design programs in the world, and typically it's used for designing products, right? Designing physical things. And Professor Bill Burnett started counts has for many years been counseling 
their students on like, you know, when, when they come and say, hey, you know, what should I do next? I've got my degree. What next? How do I design my life? And they've been using these design principles of prototyping and iterating, things like that for not just designing stuff, but designing your life. And it's such a fantastic book. Um, and I read the book, interviewed Bill in episode 124. He's co-author of the book with another Stanford design professor. And so it's called Designing Your Life. And you can go to episode one, jimharshawjr.com slash 124, or just look up 124 on your, your favorite podcast app. Um, and you can also go to jimharshawjr.com slash action if you want to grab the action plan. You can grab the action plan from any of these episodes I'm talking about. Uh, and again, I reference John Gordon, 117, Mike Chandler, 99, and Bill Burnett, episode 124. You can grab the action plans from all those. And trust me, they are the condensed best stuff from each of those episodes. So, so I hope this gives you some clarity. I want you to take the next step, one step. Let me give you some examples of what one step might look like might be one phone call. Pick up the phone. It might be to show up. Show up at an event. It might be to sign up, right? Sign up, register for something. Toastmasters or that gym membership or that professional development course or that opportunity to present uh, as, a, as, a, as a thought leader in your industry. Sign up. It's one thing. One workout. One conversation. Guess what that creates? That creates momentum. That's what you need. And listen, don't wait for the emotion. Don't wait for the energy. Don't wait for the motivation. Create the motivation by taking action. Physically do the thing. If you don't, if you don't have the motivation to do it, mechanically pick up the freaking phone and do it, right? Mechanically, get yourself into your car and drive to the event that you need to go to. Mechanically, go to the website you need to. Go to the click register now and register for that thing. Take the action. Don't wait for the motivation. Create the motivation. Do it now. Take action. I hope this brings you some clarity. If it did, please share it. Share it with one other person. You can go to jimharshawjr.com slash share. And there's some easy ways for you to share this, or you can just shoot somebody a text. Hey, check out this podcast I've been listening to. I hope you do that. I hope you take action on that as well. As always, until next time, take the time to get clear on your goals and embrace failure as a stepping stone on your path to success.